Hello and welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. We've been gone for a little while, but we're back. Last time we were with you, oh, this, by the way, is episode 132. Last time we introduced and screened our new video on Lynn's Legacy, Caring for the Caregiver. It's an introductory video and also, we hope, um, a fundraising video to help bring in donations yeah, for our new program. Um, since that time, uh, a couple of things have happened. One, today we do want to share at least part of a series of articles that were just recently published in the AARP Bulletin from May on long-term care in America and caregiving and some very key issues that we're aware of and we're glad to see a little more awareness arising uh, in national, local levels, government and caregiver associations. And so we'll share some of that. But first, mm -hmm. um, while we were away, Peter went uh, to Florida to see his mom. 97 almost. 97, he was there for Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And then also he spent some time visiting uh, very good old friends in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And while traveling and meeting with uh, caregivers and others, he observed some things that I think are similar to some of what we're seeing here um, in terms of uh, disturbances and trouble for people. Absolutely. It was interesting because the, the world that, when you go away for a while, the one of the things is you get to see how the world is functioning. And it's different now. Since, since the pandemic, there's no question about it. There's a different flavor out there. People are more aggressive. Um, a lot is coming to the surface that was being suppressed before. You see all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say at this point that we're all better off because of um, the impact of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I don't see that. But it was interesting because a lot of the aggressiveness and stress is very high out there. But I met some nice people. Interestingly, a lot of them were caregivers. And mm -hmm. I, it's not that I was seeking them, but I, that's what I ran into. And in the midst of all the turmoil and the insensitivities that people have to each other, which was a lot of that, these caregivers are a different breed, and they're inspiring. And I think they're, they're, we were attracted to each other or something. Something was recognized between you, yes. Yeah, and it was really sweet stuff. It was also um, very meaningful in the sense of uh, hearing their struggles and what they're going through, struggles that we're aware of. But when you go to other parts of the country and you get to see what they're going through, it's a, it's a universal problem. Um, I met a very lovely lady, I hope she's okay, and it's Barbara Green. And Barbara is a caregiver in Florida, an exceptionally fine lady. And I saw her talking to a group of women. It was astounding because she was very inspiring to all these women. Mm -hmm. I thought she must have been a pastor or a psychologist. Yeah. I forgot. She's a caregiver. Ah. And very inspiring women. And the women were just writhing in... They were so touched by her and enjoying her, and mm -hmm. she's a nice lady. Well, it turned out, I talked to her after it was all broken up, and um, I was amused watching it, but it turned out that she was a caregiver, and a very fine lady. She had talked about what she'd gone through for many years as a caregiver, and she didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, she was taking a break. Well, I hope it's only a break, because she's a fine woman. Yeah. But what had happened, she'd worked with dementia uh, patients, and... Um, as the disease progressed, um, they became dangerous, and she was hit oh. really hard a couple she of times. Yes. She was injured. She was injured. And then she saw the twists and the lies 
when they called the police and then the the uh, patient claimed that she had been raped by the police and mm -hmm. anyway Barbara was definitely deeply affected by it yes. but this is a fine woman and we had a good talk and um, and I told her what we did I showed the video of Lynn's legacy and she says I haven't found anybody that advocates for us like you do mm. I haven't heard anybody talk like this for mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and she was right now I don't know what other people are doing but we have a passion for what we're doing. And then she says, and you're, and she introduced me to her daughter. And she says, he is a psychologist. He is a professional. And I, and I said, well. You'd like to keep a little profile. Yeah, and I said, I, you know, it's more than that at this point. I, I mean, really, I've been doing that a long time, but there's a lot more to what I do now. Yeah. And it's not just being a psychologist. And I, I told her, you know, it's funny. I could be a psychologist, a professional for a long time. But when I became a caregiver for my wife and involved with others, it cut through all of that, I think, posturing that I didn't even know I was doing and all the knowledge that I learned. And, and it brought me down to earth again about what was really important. And I, I feel that what I've learned is so precious. And that seems to have drawn people to me that are caregivers. Mm -hmm. And I really feel it. When I was with my mom in Florida, I know so many caregivers there that are good friends of mine and hospice people, mm -hmm. they're friends. And we have a network, I'm telling you, it's all over the country. Yeah. But they're special people. And we seem to not just feed off of each other, but fulfill each other. And it's an honest exchange that is uplifting and encouraging in a world of work that is, um, as one of our caregiver leaders, Maritha, says, it's, it's a calling from God. It really is because people rise to a level of sacrifice and giving mm -hmm. that most people don't and do. Selflessness. Selflessness. Right. Yeah. Um, this sounds like one of the things that we find so important in caregiving, and that is feeling as part of a team. And you might actually be working as a team with the client, the person you're caring for, or your team might be the people that you know, that just like you've created this community of people who are caregivers and you know each other and when you get in touch you can be supportive and encouraged. Absolutely, and I emphasize that because over here, more of the more classic or standard caregiving design is working 24-7 by themselves in very difficult situations, setting themselves up for burnout, mm -hmm. physical breakdowns. We've had a lot of friends all over the country, nurses, caregivers of all types, and they eventually the emotional de depletion it begins to affect them physically and eventually they break down. It's happening in our friend, very dedicated people in Florida. It's happening, friends of ours yeah. um, that do great work. So we, we and I told them what we're doing. Um, we opened a gym next to the Institute and it's really dedicated to caregivers and also debilitated um, clients. And seniors. Seniors. Right. And we find, I, I was there today before I do my regular macho workout. I go there for an hour and, mm -hmm. and it works great. Mm -hmm. We're doing some great stuff. But what motivated us was seeing the, the incredible depletion that happens to uh, caregivers. You know what we talked about a lot with most of the people I met is how we tend to put ourselves aside and forget about taking care of ourselves because we're in the midst of dealing with such deteriorating situations and people that we care about yeah. that it's, it's almost feels selfish that we... Um, 
want to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yet it's so essential. We hear voices in our head saying, no, no, you can't do that. Uh, it's, it's not time. It's not important enough. What if something bad happens and you were off doing something else? You know, doubt and all of that. Let me tell you something. It's not just us. Mm -hmm. Everybody I talk to tells me about that. Mm -hmm. And guess what they wind up doing? Neglecting themselves yeah. until they eventually, like Barbara got hit. It, but she was already burning out. You could hear it. She was yeah. exhausted. Yeah. And we've seen it with so many. Um, so, I mean, we want to use these podcasts for a, as a voice of encouragement to reach out to many, many people who are involved in caregiving, families who need caregivers. Um, there are so many families that are sacrificing, giving up their careers and their work prematurely in their lives so they can take care of their loved ones, understandably. Yeah. And not getting paid and not having money. That was in the article. One of the one of the topics in the article were some statistics about that very thing. Four hundred and seventy billion dollars a year of unpaid caregivers right. are going on out there. Fifty-three million of unpaid caregivers. That's astounding. And it's it's huge and it's growing. And those that are getting paid are getting such substandard wages almost not enough to live on exactly so they yeah. go working for companies or fast food joints whatever mm -hmm. they get paid better they can leave caregiving just to do fast food service and make more money and guess what that's why there's such a shortage of good caregivers that's one of the reasons it's so hard to do so hard to do yeah. you have to want to do it even if you take a cut in pay oh uh, yeah you know and i'm talking to this lady barbara she introduced me to her daughter who's an engineer, a chemical engineer, works for CBS. Nice lady, real nice lady. And she was, she saw her mother deteriorate, and, she's, and also the families. Mm -hmm. She's been involved. And she says, caregiving can bankrupt a family. Yeah. And she was, don't we know? I didn't go bankrupt, but I mean, we make a good salary, and I did not have a man enough money to pay all the caregivers and all the team. They cover that in the article and something we've known about, people know about, that there's this middle ground where if you have very, very little income, you can qualify for Medicaid or here in California, it's called Medi-Cal and your income is very low. Or if you're one of the fortunate people who have sufficient income to really afford long-term care or in-home caregiving, but the vast majority of people is somewhere in the middle Medicare doesn't cover it, and uh, employers don't all have programs to help their employees stretch to cover this and make a living at the same time. Well, they have certain programs interesting. I just read some of that, where there's a program. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> where they're given twelve weeks of unpaid unpaid leave. Yeah. Uh, the twelve weeks is good unpaid these people need their money yeah. and you're hearing things like this but you know what you're also hearing this is becoming a higher and higher priority mm -hmm. even in legislation they're made they're just they're developing new legislation so there will be more money available for caregivers um and yet it's it's a it's a kind of a kind of a thing that's in battle now it is and yet the need is growing exponentially yeah. So uh, this article, this latest article, I didn't want to go through it all no, with you. And we can take more time. We, we can talk about it in another podcast, too. So yes. But, but they did speak of specifics, a mm -hmm. lot of specifics about finance. Yeah. And it is important. Um, we're very much in that race to raise money for, we're at a nonprofit, 
for caregivers and families in need. Um, we, we have to emphasize that now because we can't promise to, we can't deliver the goods because we've run out of money in, in supporting caregivers and families in need before. So our outreach is getting much more prioritized at this point that we've got to get the money in so we can help the families, so we can go out and do the training and we're willing more than willing, we have we're many ready. programs. We want to do it, and and it's it's something that most families who are caregiving or caregivers don't have enough money to really no. pay for. No, and we are, and part of our program is to subsidize that through. If we have to do training, mm -hmm. to have the nonprofit subsidize us, and that we will donate fifteen percent back of everything back into the fund. We also want to be able to offer some respite care. And we. Yeah. Funds, funds for respite care. Absolutely. Yeah. And respite care is self-care. Mm -hmm. um, we take a different approach in some ways. I think it's much more specific because we've been experts in involved with trauma work for the last, for me, it's over 50 years. But for Jenny, it's a long time for our other staff. And we realize the toll it takes, yeah. the energy that goes, uh, that you have to give. Mm -hmm. And um, after a while, you become so depleted that you, it really, it's very depressing. Um, it's, it's hard to get rolling. And you go from emotional depletion to eventually burnout where you don't even want to do the work anymore. And that's, and we develop programs how to bring people back from burnout. But I, I, we really pay attention or help people learn to pay attention to their bodies. And their bodies are registering all this negative energy that they're picking up. They're giving, 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 but they're giving to people that are very depleted and in trouble. And um, after a while, not only are they absorbing it because they're empathetic caregivers, um, they're giving and they're not getting much back. So we've paid it, we're teaching people how to pay attention to their bodies, how to read what's going on, how that will lead to where they are emotionally, um, and that they do need to, we, we call it pushing the pause button, they will have to take care of their own emotional overload, mm -hmm. no question. Can't ignore it. Um, we teach people to pay closer attention so they'll be more resilient. Now, we learn that in many ways professionally, but we also learned it taking care of my wife, all of us. We had a team of six caregivers. Now, for us and for me, that just was a, a natural flow mm -hmm. of giving. But you know what I discovered later is it's so unusual. It's not what everyone puts together, no. No, and no. it's also very, very expensive. Yeah. There's no question it about was. it. But I didn't know that at the time, and I didn't care. But now that I reflect back on it, I realize we're proposing a very strong program that absolutely surpasses the standard caregiving design. It does. And there adds a support and resilience that you don't get any other way. Right. So the podcast is a, one of our outreaches that we feel we wanted to reach as many people as possible to do this work and give them encouragement to let them know they're not alone and that there's another way to formulate teams too. Use our podcasts. We're here for you. And we want to be. That we do a lot of other work to help people, but this is probably, at this point, for now and the future, our greatest priority. Because the need is growing. And we've been part of the, the, the journey of helping ones that we love, helping caregivers uh, go through um, the experiences that they have. We've been called in uh, as at times when the caregivers are actually being abused yeah. by their by their by their clients, and we've been called in because the caregivers don't want to get they don't want to protect themselves, and they need to. Mm -hmm. 
And we've been called in when sometimes they were being absolutely abused terribly. Yeah. And they didn't protect themselves and they were just getting more and more bitter and angry and hurt because they're giving all the time. So we're called in at times to step in. Now, I have no problem with doing that, protecting the caregiver when I see what's going on. And Jenny's done it too. Mm -hmm. But it's not a pretty sight. Mm -hmm. And to see people give so much and then to be hurt and, 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 and treated so badly. It's a tough one to see, and yet it happens a lot. Well, that's what you were saying about uh, Barbara Green that you met in Florida. Yeah, it happened nice to her, too. Hi, Barbara. I hope you hear us watch this. Yeah. And Heather, daughter. Oh. Yeah. Right. Heather, at CVS, I want to break now that I mentioned your name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, Heather's a smart woman, she, yeah. and she's right there with her mother. Yeah. She's a nice lady. Yeah, they're wonderful. That was in the midst of Florida where it's all aggressive and people aren't that nice to each other. Yeah. Yet there are these caregivers that are angels. Most of them, I think, are Haitian and Jamaican um, that I met. Mm -hmm. They're angels in the midst mm -hmm. of all of us. Some of the hospice people working with your mom are angels, too. Oh. I know that not every hospice organization is great, but she's part of one. Oh, yeah. You're part of one. They have they're angels that, that work there. And it's, a, it's, the, it's the memory care facility. It's the last stage. And I watch them in awe. They think they're in awe of what we do. Mm. I watch what they do, yeah, the and they do it day it. after day yeah. with such love and patience and understanding. Yeah, it goes beyond human comprehension. It is beyond human, isn't it? And it's, they do it. It's a, we call it the extraordinary reality. Oh, they're amazing. I think of the chaplains who are Chaplain Stephen, 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 and Michael, and Tamar, who is a wonderful nurse who. She did, her body did yeah. break down, what, dedicated it. Darlene, hi. I know she takes care. And, and Tamika. And Gerda, the nurse. Yeah. And Lennox. I met so many, I know them. And, uh, you know, I send them flowers on special occasions. They are so appreciative mm -hmm. because they don't get the acknowledgement they People deserve. People don't always take the time. No. And they do mm -hmm. a great job with my mom. My mom at 97. Yeah, how's she doing? She's hanging in there. She's pretty sharp and... Um, I shouldn't say this. They tell me on the phone when I talk how sweet she is, and I don't believe them. <laughs> and I go, are you talking about my mother? They are. And I got to say, she was just so sweet. Yeah. And it gave me a chance to connect with her in a loving way. She's very childlike in many ways now, very perceptive, but very childlike. And just to, to nurture her and touch her like a child, and it means everything to her. Yeah. So I was so glad to be with her. It was joyous and painful at the same time um, and yet I watch how they take care of her remarkable and they and my and I see how they take care of many others mm -hmm. so and then I meet people on planes that are caregivers getting there and then I go to mm -hmm. Denver and I meet caregivers I mean it's happening all over mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, they're they're they, and you know they need a spokesman they need advocates I can hear yes. it and that's what I want we want to be that we and our team and I, I, I honestly, you should meet the rest of our team. There, some of them are on the latest video mm -hmm. um, of Lynn's legacy. Every one of them is an incredible advocate that has been on the front lines, yeah. who has a passion just as, as much as I do. Yeah. So uh, we want to put the word out to all of you. You can take a look at, at um, AARP's latest uh we want to wrap up now for what is this our podcast. Called? This is the AARP Bulletin. Bulletin. And there are so many articles. Yeah. 
on this. We didn't, we're basically not even, we're barely touching on them all. Special report on long-term care in the May issue of the AARP Bulletin. And there are many editorials in the newspapers, including the Wall Street Journal and New York Times, all week yeah. on the on the plate of caregivers and it's families It's becoming in need. more and more on the radar for everyone. And it should. Yeah. It should. Yeah. So I hope that what we're offering you today is encouragement. We will be glad to offer you more specifics. We'll come back to this. Yeah, we will. Yeah. But uh, it's been a while, and I've had a, a, quite a trip, and I've met a lot of good people. I was astounded that the ones that I did meet, most of them were caregivers. That just uh, it was a good, good coincidence. Yeah, they yeah. were the nicest people that I met along the way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, Jenny, take I'm it. I'm going to take it away. All She's right. the performer. She's so good. Thank you. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is brought to you by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity. And we do rely on donations to keep us on the air. We are the Survivor's Guide to Life.com on Facebook and Instagram and all of the podcast outlets. And we have our own YouTube channel. Please uh, watch, listen, like, share, all those good things. Peter and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at Bernstein Institute. I think I've remembered everything, even How though I'm a little the, the bit latest, rusty. Um, video? Oh, the latest video is on Lynn's Legacy Caring for the Caregiver YouTube page. Right at the top, you log in, it starts easy. It's a beauty. It is. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And we'll be we wish, back sooner than we were last time. And we wish you all the best. Yes. We're right there with you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.